Sister, I think what you're asking for is revenge. You just take care of the justice, and I'll handle the revenge myself. Welcome to a brand new episode of Exploit It. I'm Alexis Jowski. I'm Kevin Daly. And this week we are talking about Foxy Brown, 1974, directed by Jack Hill. When Foxy Brown comes to town, all the brothers gather round. Cause she can really shake them down. Foxy lady, Foxy lady. Pam Greer, that one chick hit squad who creamed you as coffee, is back. To do a job on the mob as Foxy Brown. You tell me who you want done, and I'll do the hell out of it. A chick with drive who don't take no jive. That woman, she's crazy. There's no telling what she'll do. She's sweet brown sugar with a touch of spice. If you see a man anywhere, send him in, because I do need a man. And murder. If you don't treat her nice. Sounds like a public menace. Sure do. Foxy's got guts. <laughs> no ifs, ands, or buts. I better warn you, I got a black belt in karate. And I got my black belt in bar stools. She won't budge when she carries a grudge. I want justice for all of them. <laughs> whose lives are bought and sold. <laughs> so that a few big shots can climb up on their backs. Sister, I think what you're asking for is revenge. So there ain't no hope for dudes who deal dope. I swear, baby, I don't know what you're talking about. We're gonna kill ourselves a couple of niggas. Have no fear, Pam Greer is here as Foxy. Foxy Brown. And this is the third Jack Hill film we've done in a year. It's been a year. No, no. In the year that we've been doing this show. No. Didn't we do, uh, wasn't, didn't you do coffee? Yeah, this is the third Jack Hill film we've done. Oh, the third? Yeah. He did. Dad brain. Uh, <laughs> I thought you said first. No, he did coffee and Big Dollhouse. I was going to say, I'm pretty sure we were this, he's, a, he's a vet on uh, one. Yes. That, the show. And we'll have more. It's our fifth Pam Greer movie. Already our fifth Pan Rear movie. And our fourth Sid Haig movie. Well, oh, I love appearance. I love <laughs> yeah. His appearance in this movie is brief. It's, you know, it's a good Sid Haig character, but it is brief. Yep. And so, Foxy Brown is kind of like a spiritual successor to Coffee. Yeah, it was originally supposed to be a sequel. Yeah, but then he decided to yeah. focus on this. And like Coffee, it starts with uh, funk music so common to the genre. And we it's get a pretty nice intro. Yep. Good vibes. We get our title song, where it's super bad. Dig it, Miss Foxy Brown. This song kicks ass. Yeah, it's it's it, it's a banger. Uh, we get animated credits with dancing. Yep. It, it has a very 70s vibe to it. I'm here for it. Yep. Oh, also, I noticed this from the credits, that it's the second time we have Catherine Loader. Yes. 
she played the warden in Big Dollhouse, and I don't think we'll have much of her because, you know, she passed away. Yeah, I don't think she did then. that many movies. And then, after these credits, bang, this quiet car driving at night. It was some really... I mean, I appreciate they shot it at night, but man, I can't see shit for, like, the first 30, 45 seconds of this movie. Yeah, until he gets to the... Well, we're told it's a taco place, but the giant sign says hot dogs. And not a single goddamn person orders any tacos. It's just like coffee. They do! They order taco and coffee. Coffee into taco. Coffee into taco. Oh. I didn't. I missed the taco part. I mean, they really talk up the coffee a little later. Yeah, that's probably why I forgot about the tacos. Um, so this fellow, he's like hiding out from some well-dressed goons. And he's hoping that hiding at the taco stand will save him, but like, no, that ain't gonna work. Works for a minute because uh, the cops show up to buy coffee and tacos. Apparently, yep, the cops show up and they buy coffee and a taco. So he's he's safe for now while the police are there. And this this fellow, his name is Link. Yeah, he's played by Antonio Fargus, who is in a lot of exploitation films. We'll see him again. Yes, but most notably, he was Huggy Bear in Starsky and Hutch. That's right. Not the movie with. Uh... Was that Owen Wilson, but... Uh, the TV show. But the TV, the actual TV show. Um, and even he orders a taco. It must be good tacos. Yeah, but they're really trying to sell the hell out of their hot dogs. That big giant fucking sign says hot dogs. And I kept calling it yeah. hot dog stand until he calls his sister. He calls up Foxy and says, I'm at the taco stand. And I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. With a big giant sign that says hot dogs, it's taco stand? Yeah, well, I mean, you know, sometimes you serve hot dogs and tacos. Yep, and so it's like a state fair food <laughs> truck. Yeah. So, Foxy's brother, he's, you know, Link, he's like, Hey, hey, Foxy, I need you to come pick me up. These guys are going to beat the shit out of me as soon as these cops leave. So hurry on over to the taco sign. You'll find it under the big fucking hot dog sign. <laughs> That's right. It's the small sign under the big fucking hot dog sign. <laughs> and she's like, I don't know, Link. Okay, I'll, I'll be there. And she she takes her gun, which is like this tiny little baby gun. Yeah, she got a little Saturday night special. Conceal yeah. Easily concealable. And Link tries to keep the cops there longer by just talking about this coffee. Don't waste your coffee. This is the best coffee ever. Order more. You shouldn't waste it. It's expensive. The cops are like, yeah, yeah, crazy dude. It's taco sh hot dog shop coffee, man. And it's yeah. it's 5 p.m. taco shop coffee. It's it's after 5 p.m. most likely. 9 p.m. taco shop coffee. That's right. 9 p.m. taco shop. That's going to be our new thing. Mmm. Tasty. Would you rather have this movie or 9 p.m. taco shop coffee? That'll be our new thing. It's a, that is a very low bar. Yeah. So uh, Foxy shows up just in time as Link jumps onto the car, and he's on so the, one of the goons. Yeah, one of the goons, and Foxy's weaving around, screaming, "Get off my goddamn car!" Goes up to the river, bay. I don't know a body of water, anonymous body of water, <laughs> and slams on the brake, so he flies into the water. And Link just tells her, "Hey, you saved my beautiful black ass." <laughs> Because we find out he's these guys were uh, basically loan sharks. Uh, Link had borrowed $20,000. And, you know, he just needs a couple more days. Just a couple more days to get it together. As, uh, as is tradition. You know, and he's trying to explain, I was doing fine before when I was stealing coke, but then you came down about me, fo on that, about me Foxy, so this is your fault. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Yeah, this kind of comes a running theme in the movie. Yeah, that he's like, hey. And Foxy's like, well, you, you, you shouldn't be selling cocaine. That's why it came down on you. Because her boyfriend, we learn, is a, uh, he's a paid informant, but he's also, like, an agent. He's not, like, somebody that used to be in the racket and turned on it. It's some deep cover federal narcotics agent or something. I don't Yeah. Kind of nebulous. And uh, Link here, he has this really good line about why he was a coke dealer that really speaks a lot yes. about um, the uh, era. Yeah, this was <laughs> not just the era. I mean... Oh, even true today. today. Yeah. Um, no, it is really poignant. Foxy, look, I'm a black man, and I don't know how to sing, and I don't know how to dance, and I don't know how to preach to no congregation. I'm too small to be a football hero, and I'm too ugly to be elected mayor. But I watch TV, and I see all them people in all them fine homes they live in, and all them nice cars they drive, and I get all full of ambition. Now you tell me what I'm supposed to do with all this ambition I got. I don't know, Link. I just don't want to see you end up in jail or shot down in the street somewhere. Well, I mean, I was just thinking about that this morning. It's like, we, they, we, you know, a lot of black people only find routes through entertaining white people, right? Like, that's... Yeah. That's what he's saying. He's like, I, I don't have the the innate talents to do the things that Whitey wants me to do, so what the fuck am I supposed to do? Not a football star, I'm not a rapper. It's like, and, you know, every job is going to discriminate, so. (laughs) Right, and unfortunately, that's still the way it is today. I mean, it was very poignant and sad, and it's like, yep, that's, Link, you've you've hit it on the head, and I am am sorry about that. Link's woke. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, right. Except that's his life. You you really do feel for him. I do. For these few moments, because not too li- much later, he, Link, he turns into yeah, a total he, bastard. Yeah, he yeah he uh, he assholes his way out of everyone's good graces very fast. So we meet Miss Catherine, played by Catherine Loader, with her hair down this time. Yes. I mean, she's still recognizably the warden from Big Dollhouse, but she's got a full head of hair this time and not all tied back in that tight ponytail. She's got a very distinctive face and voice, so... She does, and she's playing with much a very similar role. Yeah, it is a, it's a, you know, a very powerful, arguably corrupt person. That's kind of the character she's playing. Because she's the one in charge of these loan sharks. And when we first see her, we only see, like, her hand from the chair, so she's, like, friggin' Blofeld. <laughs> <laughs> And has the the loan sharks are like we're, we're sorry we're sorry we're sorry we we lost him but you know how it is with these people yeah I know like those people what do you mean those people this one definitely has a heavier sense of of race than coffee did yes this coffee one is- was a little bit more subtle about it this one definitely has a very aggressive like the bad guys are very aggressively racist in this one yeah this one has a big strong theme of social justice which I appreciate a lot. I think I think the coffee was less about outside of the community. Like the villain in coffee was was a, the black. It was a black guy, right? Like it was a black guy know, running yeah, for kind of like office. A, yeah, like corruption from within. This one expands out to go. Hey, also let's not let's not forget about you know white people causing us trouble too. So yeah, it's a good companion piece for coffee for sure. And so we also learned that Miss Catherine, one of her 
her top henchman, Steve. She's in a romantic sexual relationship with Steve. She loves Steve. She loves him a lot. And, and uh, that's her weakness, as, as yes. Foxy will point out later. But Foxy, she goes to the hospital and just starts blowing some guy. Which I'm like, oh, <laughs> that must be her boyfriend. Yeah, we, we assume. I mean, she brought him flowers. I'm assuming she didn't just show up with flowers <laughs> or some random... You look like you need some love, sir. Your face is covered in bandages here. Let yeah. let me uh let me perform some oral. And he's like, these bandages come off today. I don't know what my new face is going to look like. And she's like, well, the part that counts is still the just the same. And they they just start fucking in the hospital bed. I love when the nurse comes in and there's no like there's no like shame or anything. She's just like, get the fuck out of here. She's like, you know that's a no no. Get get off of him. Get the <laughs> fuck out of here. You know you can't do that. And then she starts giving him a sponge bath. And, and he's cool. like, yeah, he's got like a heart on, so she like smacks him, basically. <laughs> get that down. Calm down, Beat Mr. Anderson. <laughs> Beating the shit out of him. Pretty funny. And he's getting a new face because he's basically witness protection. Yep. But this is like super witness protection. It's not just giving you a new identity. They give you a whole brand new face. Yeah, because for some reason he seemed it's apparently a good idea to stay in the community where he was just like, you know, ratting people out. Yeah. And um he's pretty pissed because he's like, I was two years undercover and no indictment because the fix was in on the grand jury and they're like, Yeah, it sucks, but I hope you like your new face and your new name. You're now Michael Anderson because his name used to be Dalton Ford. So apparently they give him, like, a, a day pass from the hospital to, to spend the <laughs> afternoon with Foxy. Very bizarre. And Foxy's like, hey, I got something to show you. And there's this, like, drug dealer, like, dressed up as a pimp, just walking down the street. And there's a, a woman with a baby carriage. And this, like, guy named Oscar that's pretending to be a homeless man. Yeah. And then Oscar just fucking clotheslines this drug dealer with his crutch. <laughs> yep. And they beat the shit out of him, and this woman's baby carriage gets just kicked around into the street, and she's running around screaming, my baby! My baby! About they're beating the shit out of this man. Yeah, and it turns out these guys uh, don't are are the, the neighborhood cleaning vigilantes. They make sure that the, the drug pushers get the shit kicked out of them and put on a train out of town. Or killed, who knows what they actually mean. Dalton slash Michael asks, like, what the, who the hell was that guy? To where Oscar says, he was one of them bad, no good, in words. That's right. Um, but yeah, they're the, they're like the neighborhood watch committee. And Michael slash Dalton uh, is vibing with this guy. He's like, I like I like where this guy's head's at. Yeah, because the guy actually says that we're the anti-slavery committee. Which is kind of a, a very poignant statement as well. Yeah, they're abolishing the new slavery of hard drugs. My notes say great social commentary. Three thumbs up emojis. Yeah, I like I like a lot of the dialogue in this film. It has some very poignant moments, and I, I appreciate it. And so Link, meanwhile, is hiding out at Foxy's house, and he calls up his, his white girlfriend named Deb. Who's also a in, in the drug trade. In the drug trade. And she's disappointed that her boyfriend was trying to get out of the drug trade because of his bitch sister, apparently. That's right. But then Link sees this picture. Well, he meets Dalton Mike. And then he sees this picture and he gets the idea that I can sell this motherfucker out for the 20 grand I need. Yeah, because 
apparently Link, for all of his faults, is capable of reconstructing someone's face into another face. Yeah, he he sees the picture in the paper and takes a, a pen and draws a new nose on it and stuff. It's like, I've nailed it. I'm like, you're a crackhead. How, <laughs> can, how are you fucking doing this? And my notes here say, that son of a bitch. Poop, yeah. poop emoji, poop emoji, middle finger. It's like, I, yeah, that's that's pretty shit. Like, you just, you you got your sister's boyfriend killed? That's pretty fucked up. Yep. You know, we get Miss Catherine talking to her, her gang, Steve and the gang. <laughs> As opposed to Cool and the gang. <laughs> yeah. Much different, much different band. One of them other has a name. A Bunyan is one of the other guys. He's Bunyan just... and fuck's the other guy's name, the older guy. I don't remember. Bunyan's the super racist dude. <laughs> I mean, they're all really racist, but... Yeah, they're they're pretty bad. Well, the most racist are the... We'll get to them later, but the, the rednecks. Yeah, but they're like, well, what do we do now that we have the information about that informant that screwed us over? What do we do? And Catherine says that she wants that goddamn N-word fink cop burned. And we get Foxy that she's she's bringing home Dalton Mike from the hospital. And um, she goes in the house, and then Steve and the game pull up, and they shoot the shit out of... Uh, yeah, we gotta, we gotta drive by. Yeah, and he dies, like, right in Foxy's doorway. And so we get Link and Deb, that they, they've paid off their debt, and they're back to selling coke. They're cutting up coke in, in his apartment. Sampling a little bit. You never do your own sample. You never yep. sample your own stuff. That's so how you get. That's how you fuck yourself. Sampling and Link is singing "Back in the Saddle Again." Yeah. And um, Foxy knocks on the door. She's like, "Help me! Help me! Bad things happened." And Link's like, "Oh, I don't know. I don't know." And I'm like, "Fuck you, Link. Fuck you." And so finally, he does open the door, and just Foxy charges in with her little baby gun and just beats the shit out of Link. Deservedly so. Deservedly so. And she's basically like, if you weren't my brother, I would just kill you. Yeah. But you can give me information on on who did this. But if you don't, don't, I'll still kill you, no matter what mama would think. And so he gives the name of Catherine Wall, which is Miss Catherine, who's the one in charge. And so she has a stable of the finest call girls. Yeah, she is a high-end madam, turns out. Running a front that is a modeling agency. Yeah, she's running a front that's a modeling agency. She's a high-end madame for the elite, but they're blackmailing all the wealthy people, all the judges and senators and shit. That's her business. Her business is blackmail. Yeah, the the drugs are just secondary. Yeah, the drugs are secondary. The prostitution is secondary. The main income is blackmail. And so Foxy Brown goes undercover, has Misty Cotton, and she goes to audition for Miss Catherine, who, who compliments her and tells her, you are a unique type, most unusual features, almost classic. <laughs> that is what she says. And Foxy just immediately goes, yo, no, cut the shit. I know this ain't modeling. I know you, you do blackmail hoes. So you tell me who you want done and I'll get it done right to, to it. And Miss Catherine's like, wonderful, hired. <laughs> Basically. You start tonight. But if you fuck up. <laughs> yeah, you could go a long way, but if you fail or try to quit, you can go a long way, too, in a different direction. <laughs> yeah. If you leave or fuck up, we're going to kill you. <laughs> yep. And so she comes by Miss Catherine's house that night for her first gig, and Miss Catherine's grooming this young blonde woman for a job, and she's telling these, these she's got this team of designers Slutting this girl up. Yeah, she, yeah. 
Well, I mean, like we could say that high end we call them. They get like the full makeover treatment every time because they have to be like perfect for these senators and judges. And I wrote down a lot of her lines here because she's like, the materials cling to the breast so that the nipple shows through. Annabella, I want that fat toad drooling in his pants over you. Whenever he looks at you, think sex. And there's the one very obvious gay dude ready, ready to start doing some some work. Yeah, off to the left in the back there. And then they lead they lead Foxy upstairs, but it's kind of like you know she's still visible, and Steve is checking her out, which makes a uh, Catherine a little uncomfortable. It's reminding me of uh, Showgirls at this point. Also, that Steve looks a lot like fucking Kyle McLaughlin, and it was really throwing me off. Yep. And so, Foxy's going to be paired with a girl named Claudia, who's a really nice woman. Claudia's a fun gal. She seems nice, yeah. She seems nice, and um, she's on the lighter end of black. <laughs> yeah, she's, she's light-skinned. She might be of mixed descent. Obviously not ex- not established, but she's considered black by the rest of the cast, so... So, yeah. And Miss Catherine tells him that the, that the gentlemen you'll be meeting tonight have a preference for your type. <laughs> Which, I'm just like, oh, you racist, Miss Catherine, you racist. And yeah, the, uh, the gentleman, uh, likes black women. Yeah, and so Claudia's like, I'm an old pro at this, you know, come on, Misty Cotton. You know, I'll, I'll show you how we do this shit. And then she goes outside and her husband is there. <laughs> and it's a horrible scene. With her kid, yeah. With her kid, this little boy named Jason. It's like, Mommy, Mommy! And the dad's like, I'm taking him away. Can't you leave and be with us like a family? And she's like, I can't. I'm in too deep. And then Steve and the gang beat the shit out of this husband. Yeah, because, well, I mean, the the thugs the thugs uh, want to just beat the shit out of him. Steve's first like, hey, you can leave. We don't want any trouble. And the dude's just starts like, Punching him, so Steve won't, Steve gets really mad and beats the ever living shit out of him. And so Claudia is no longer happy and easygoing. No, she gets in the car with Foxy and just starts popping pills to escape. She's like, "I just gotta reach cruising altitude." Quaaludes or something, probably. Yeah, and my notes are like, "Poor girl, this is so sad." But Foxy, Foxy's got an idea. She's like, "Let let let's threesome this judge that we have to go blackmail." Because basically, the judge is presiding over a case of two of the drug dealers. So they're just going to give the cops a good time, the judge, rather, a good time. So he'll acquit those those drug dealers. Right. And um, so they show up at the judge's house. And it's a bunch of old, gray-haired, white dudes watching porn. And they each got a naked young woman on their lap. I feel like that porn video is the same one that was in Emanuel in America. <laughs> Not the snuff one, but the one before it. Yeah. Could very... No, this was before Emmanuel. Unless Emmanuel used the same porno. This is the one public domain porno out there that's used in all the movies. That's right. One public domain porn. And so the judge is all happy now that that his his type has come in. And the other old white men are like, Oh, you like the dark meat, huh? Are you sure you can handle all of that? Yeah. And Foxy Brown... Just says, the darker the berry, the sweeter the juice, baby. And yeah, my note here says, lots of booba. There is a lot of booba in this scene, for sure. Yeah, because there's all these naked women sitting on all these old men's laps, and Foxy is in just high flirt mode here. She's just really playing it hard on this judge, and she's like, why don't we go 
adjudicate this in chambers and make a few motions. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha, innuendo. Ah, uh, oh, yes, legal innuendo. Courtroom innuendo. <laughs> right at home on, on Harvey Birdman, Attorney Law. <laughs> yeah. And so they uh they start just really coming on to him, getting him undressed and everything and you know, you gotta you gotta let those two drug dealers go. And then she she says this line to him, she's like, Hey look, Danny's a good boy. Like that time he was found in that alleyway with a nine year old girl. He wasn't molesting her, she was enjoying every minute of it. And those ropes didn't mean a thing. And my note yeah. it's just caps in bold What the fuck? Yeah, it turns out maybe a little bit more than just drug dealers. And even the judge is just like, wait, huh? huh? A nine-year-old ropes, huh? And then Miss Claudia's undressing going, and when he cut that woman's fingers off, it was an accident. Yeah, these guys are a little bit worse than uh, initially advertised. Yeah, and you know the uh, the cocaine he sells isn't half as bad as the smack he used to sell to schools. That's That's right. He's really cleaned up his act. Yeah, and the judge is just like stunned, like, oh, what the fuck? Like, you're describing people I should never, ever let walk on the street again. But you know what? He's still horny as hell. And he's like, fuck it. And he takes his his, his underwear off, and Claudia and uh, Foxy, they just start laughing and making fun of his little dick. <laughs> they have a lot of good lines making fun of him. Yeah, they are, they are pretty good. I should have used these after my bad date Friday. Ah. Uh... I've, I've heard of a meat shortage, but that's ridiculous. Yeah. You should be charged with assault with an undeadly weapon. Yeah, that was, I, I like. I was. I was fond of that one. Talk about your blunt instrument. Yeah, that was good too. I forgot about that. One. And they, uh, they do the whole like Claudia gets on her knees behind him, so Foxy pushes him, and he falls out into the the hallway of this hotel where a bunch of old ladies are walking down. Yeah, and he's like grabbing onto some other woman to to get himself up, and he's naked. So. so it looks like he's trying to rape her. So the old lady just come with their bags and just beat the shit out of the judge. And Foxy Brown gets that, that wonderful Pam Greer dialogue. Yep. You pink-ass corrupt honky judge! Take your little wet noodle out of here, and if you see a man anywhere, send him in, because I do need a man. No and, one does that better than Pam Greer. Yeah, and um, so she takes Claudia and runs away, and she's like, I'm gonna get you to, to a safe place, Claudia. And Claudia's like, they're gonna kick our ass, but I ain't afraid. And she's fucking high, and she and she breaks. And she just is crying, I'm never gonna see Jason again, I don't give a shit, I'm, I wanna die. Yeah, she's lost all will to live at this point. Yeah. Miss Catherine finds out what happens the next morning when the judge throws the book at those dealers. <laughs> they got like 20 years, which, let's be fair, they deserve. Yeah. Um. And so Miss Catherine's like, but we sent those two wonderful women, what happened? They're like, well, Miss Catherine, they probably betrayed you. Yeah, exactly. So they're out to to go find Foxy and Claudia. If they if they can keep a low profile, that is. But yeah, no, Claudia wears these hot pants and this tiny top and walks into a lesbian bar. <laughs> yeah, that was the last thing I was expecting to see in this movie. Was just to walk in and just go. All right, it's a lesbian. I'm like, I'm looking at the clientele. I'm like, is this? Yep. Yep. That, yep, that's what this is. Yeah, and, and it's just a bunch of... They're cliche lesbians. They all look rather dykey, to use yeah. a bad phrase. There's the one There's the one at the bar that's sitting next to Claudia that's that's not. Yeah. But she, she, but she gets told to take a hike by the one, of, the one that wants to get a piece of Claudia. 
Yeah, and I wrote down this one bit of background dialogue where you get this this masculine looking woman with this gruff gruff voice. He's like, "Working in a factory is no lie. Turns you to a fucking machine. I don't need that shit. I'm a goddamn lady. I don't need to work in no fucking factory." And uh, the bartender knows what's up. She calls Catherine and it's like, yeah, yeah, that girl's here. And tells this other one, keep her here any way you have to. Yeah, because, I mean, Catherine's got her reach pretty far. So they get... You, well, you kind of have to run a, run the run the racket she's running. And um, so one of the women, you know, the bartender's like, keep her here. And so she starts hitting on Claudia. But then all the other women come up and want a piece of Claudia. So they start fighting each other. Yeah, Foxy shows up at some point. Chairs are thrown. Yeah, well, Foxy bottles. shows up. Yeah, and um, one of the women says, I got a black belt in karate. And then Foxy picks up a bar stool and fucking knocks her out and goes, I got my black belt in bar stools. I mean, yeah, yeah. If you can't defend against the bar stool, not a lot of your karate is going to do for you. Yeah, and so they have this big just riot in the lesbian bar. And it's just like that, that girl fight in coffee. Yeah, yeah. Including somebody saying, let go of my hair, bitch. I mean, it, yeah, it, you don't have to write new dialogue for the girl fight. Yeah, it's just different girls. That's right. I mean, but they may also like other girls, but you know what? They all hate getting their hair pulled by Foxy Brown. True. I mean, let's let's be honest. Uh, it it doesn't matter if, if you're, once you're in a girl fight, it doesn't matter if you like girls or not, you're still fighting. And so the, uh, the bad guys show up just as they're leaving. And we get this guy, Bunyan. He's one of the, part of the Steve gang. He's the baby. He's the baby boy of the Steve gang. And he is just going to kill Foxy. He hates black women. And She um, cuts the hell out of him, too. It's beautiful. Yeah, she breaks a bottle and slashes his face. I will say, I think it's the time for me to bring this up. Bottles don't work like they do in the movies. They don't shatter. If you hit somebody in the head with a fucking beer bottle... That's probably just, if they're lucky, it'll knock them unconscious. It might just kill them outright. It's basically like hitting them with a club. Yeah, the they're made of pretty thick glass. Yeah, yeah. hitting it over someone's head doesn't shatter like it's uh, what they're made out of in the movies, which is like sugar sh- glass. Sugar, <laughs> sugar glass. <laughs> they're pretty fucking thick. You do not want to be hit in the head with a beer bottle. But Steve's like, no, no, Miss Catherine. The wonderful love of my life <laughs> uh, wants her back alive, so we got to bring her back alive. But yeah, we got Bunyan torturing the shit out of her. <laughs> and Steve comes and goes, "Hey, save some for later. Cool it, man." And um, they're like, "Yeah, her brother sold us out." Oh yeah, those people don't believe in family loyalty. Well, just Link. Yeah, just Link. <laughs> just Link specifically in this case. And Foxy tells them, "You know, the game ain't over yet, bitch." I, I appreciate the bravado coming from the fact that they could have killed her at any moment there. Yeah, and then, um... But the greed gets the better of them. Yeah, because Catherine's like, give her a shot of heroin and send her out to the ranch. And then once she gets the habit, we'll send her down to the islands. She should get a good price. Yep, it's, uh, we almost, uh, started Emmanuel in the black slave trade. Yeah, but this is like the scene in Coffee where Coffee gets found out and captured. Yeah. And they lock her up, and they give her heroin and coffee. Yep. It's a very similar scene. These movies have a lot of parallels for, I mean, they're thematically the same. It is definitely a spiritual yep. success. So they take her out to the ranch, and she wakes up, and it's playing just this hokey-ass country music. And there's this fat redneck, passed-out drunk, that you know that they've had their way with her. Oh, and if they haven't, <laughs> uh, yeah. they're about to do. 
And uh, she almost escapes, but they literally whip her. They get a whip and whip her back into the cabin. Yep. And they call her a big jugged jigaboo. And I'm just like, what? They yeah, use the, the N-word the quite race, a lot. The racism is heavy in this scene. And they're like, these two are the worst in a series in a, in a series of bad bad dudes. And so they're preparing more heroin to keep her down and get her addicted. Let her know how lucky she is that she can get all the heroin that they they got. She's like, I'm not gonna thank you, you ugly prickless white faggot motherfuckers. As much as I hate the f word, I approve of it here because these people are awful. Yeah, she definitely uh, uses that quite a bit with these these racists. Yeah, who'd say, oh, did your old black mammy teach you to talk like that? It's a horrifying scene. It's terrible. Yeah, it, I mean, these, these, these dudes are pretty awful. And they, they start in to, to rape her, and then we cut back to her waking up, meaning they raped her. But the director had the dignity and good taste to not show show it. To not show it, yeah. But she doesn't escape and kill them and avoid rape. We fade out and fade back into her waking up again. And then she escapes and kills them. Yeah, well, she uses the razor blade that they were using to cut the heroin to, to get free. Very clever. There's this song that they're singing, and I didn't write the lyrics, other than it's about some Chinese prostitute named Linda Liu. Yeah, some, some budget. Yeah, but basically, the $5 sucky sucky from uh, <laughs> from from Full Metal Jacket. Well, <laughs> cheaper than that, because they talk about she sells her pussy for a dollar and can make 37 bucks a night. Yeah, that's a, that's a lot of work. That's a poor, poor woman. It is, and uh, of course, the guy should probably do it. You know, she could probably do that in, in two hours, probably go through that with how quick those guys are probably, but you know. And so she covers these dudes with gasoline and fucking lights them on fire. It's justice. My my, my notes say, fuck yeah! Oh yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's pretty good. And this is like where they make all the drugs, too. Oh yeah, it, it completely craps on their drug production. You know, and they're telling Miss Catherine, like, hey... Miss Catherine's like, oh, did it explode? They're like, no. Foxy Brown burned these people alive and destroyed our entire drug production. Yeah, they're like, all the dealers are just out of product and everyone, all their their clients are fiending and they don't have any drugs to sell them. Yeah, and then um, so Miss Catherine's like, okay, go kill her. <laughs> yeah, we can't have this happening anymore. And Steve tells his men, get me a sawed-off shotgun. We're going to kill us some inwards. And Catherine was all doty going, I love it when you're like that, Steve. She's <laughs> such a weirdo. So they they immediately just busted. Link and Deb are back, and they're, they're high as fuck and, and fucking. Yep, coked and fucking. <laughs> yep, and Steve and the gang bust in, and Link has this, like, girl voice when he's panicking. He sounds like a girl screaming. He's so high-pitched. Yeah, it looks pretty lame. Let's, let's just throw that out there. I mean, we, we knew that already, but... He's, yeah. And then Bunyan, I think, goes, talk or I'll blow your head off, and then boom, blows him. Shoots him with the shotgun yeah. and kills him anyway. Shoot, shoots him, like, in the side of the head and the chest. I don't know if he just got an itchy trigger finger or what. I don't think his uh, partner is particularly happy about this one. Yeah, and then they turned the gun and killed Dab, and they're like, oh, that's too bad. She was a good-looking piece. And so, uh, meanwhile, Foxy has gone to Oscar and the anti-slavery group. To present her case to get their help. And they're like, yeah, we would like to get rid of the drug dealers, but it sounds like you're talking about revenge, not justice. And she says, you take care of the justice. I'll handle the revenge myself, which is a great line. They're like, hi, <laughs> we good. Yep. And 
And so finally we get Sid Haig. Yeah, we're like an hour and ten minutes into an hour and a half movie. Yeah, and um, he's the pilot that is delivering them a new shipment to to tide them over until they get their operation back up and running. Yeah, he's got a new sh- new shipment of drugs. Coming in to, to, to quell the masses. <laughs> and Sid Haig is doing the Sid Haig thing. Yep, and Foxy Brown goes up and does the Bram Greer thing. And yep. it's coming on to him. And Sig Haig, of course, bites, because that's the character he plays in these movies. And so they get up in the plane, and he's like, she says, like, put it on autopilot, let's go back and get it on. And she's like, this is a not a commercial plane that has autopilot. I gotta fly this fucker, give me a minute to let me get, let me finish this job. And so they land, and he goes out. He's like, Just "Keep your head down," you know, because they'd obviously be pissed if he picked up some some random piece yeah. on his drug yeah. run. Right, but it is the dang. So. And the uh, the anti slavery committee shows up right then, and they they start fighting. That's when Pam Greer pops up and starts driving this plane around. Uh, and Bunyan has the bright idea to run out and try to stop the plane with his body. Yeah, that doesn't work. No, he's fucking shredded by this propeller, and it's glorious. And no one feels bad. So they kill off the gang, and they get Steve there, and they they yank his pants down. By the way, Sid Haig survives this. They they pretty much just ignore him. Yeah, he just, he he sees what's going on and goes, I'm getting the fuck out of here, and... He he goes back to the get the fuck out of here bar. Yeah. uh, Yeah, he's in the movie for all of, like, five minutes. But he's good though. It's still good. And so they, uh, yeah, they yank down Steve's pants and go, "He's ready, sister." And Foxy cuts off his dick. And the the guy Oscar hands her like a Bowie knife. Yeah, it's like, it's like that's a nice knife you got there. And we cut right from that to Miss Catherine pining at home with this photograph of Steve that she's rubbing lovingly. And Foxy Brown enters, and she's got this bag. And they're like, what's in the bag? What's in the bag? Because we know what's in the bag. That's right. And they're like, it's a jar. It looks like it's uh, pickles or something. And Miss Catherine takes the jar, realizes what it is. It's Steve's dick. Yeah. Which we get a tiny glimpse of because she drops it and it breaks on the, the coffee table. And the dick just kind of bounces <laughs> off the coffee table real quick. And then Foxy pulls the gun from her hair and kills everybody except Miss Catherine. Because she shoots in the arm. Shoots her in the arm and she's like, kill me! I don't want to live anymore! And Foxy's like, fuck that, you get to live and be miserable. Yep. Go on, stroke! I don't want to live anymore! I know. That's the idea. The rest of your boyfriend is still around. And I hope you two live a long time. And then maybe you get to feel what I feel. Death is too easy for you, bitch. I want you to suffer. And she just walks out and Oscar's in the car. It's like, did you do it? I did it. Freeze frame. Super bad. And it ends. <laughs> oh, really not all that different than how coffee ends. Yeah. Just kind of like, and that's it. That's it. Yeah, this movie was a lot of fun, but very, very difficult. You know, it's a heavy movie, but it's a it's a very well done heavy movie. And it's entertaining, got great music, and of course, Pam Grew's great. Yeah, um, it's got a lot of great stuff. Yeah, it is definitely heavier than Coffee. But at least you know you have this. We watch a lot of heavy movies, and at least this one has like a message. Yeah, the like, message is perfect. There's a lot more vindication, catharsis to this movie. I mean, 
here you have a movie like Last House on the Left, and it just has nothing redeeming. And this is at least like, okay, I got a message here, and it's kind of a, a violent, but a happy ending. Yes. Um, it was ruled as obscene in the UK. Yeah, because the UK is, was, I don't know how bad they are these days, but man, they were dumb. Well, next week's movies were both ruled as obscene. Yeah, well, I don't know. They're, they're next week's movies are very violent movies. <laughs> yes. But Foxy Brown, I do like it. Um, I liked it more than coffee. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think uh, I think I agree with that. So, would you take the nine p.m. taco shop coffee or Foxy Brown? I'm definitely watching Foxy Brown, and I would watch it before five p.m. Donut Shop coffee as well. Now, yeah. this is a good movie. I it's weird because it got like it was pan when it came out. I I don't know. I feel like a lot of these movies we watch. Well, like critics, we said before, um, critics don't have a fucking clue what's going on. Yeah, because it's like the um that like you mentioned before about the. The critic reviews when um, and Dolomite's my name when they're reading the critic reviews. Yeah, because the critics just don't under they don't get it. They don't know what they're marketing it as. They don't understand. They don't understand the themes because let's be honest, most of these critics are just old white dudes. But yeah, critics thought Coffee was better than this. But I'm like, ah, I don't know. I like Foxy Brown better. They're, they're both good. I mean. Coffee was very good. This is this is also very good. I don't know how you. I mean, they did. I don't. Maybe they. I. But I mean, I've said the same thing about many movies. Like satire of Josie and the Pussycats went way over critics' heads. So, what am I expecting from critics? They don't. Yeah, I know Quentin Tarantino loved it because he named his movie Jackie Brown and not Jackie Coffee. Yeah, I mean, Tarantino gets it. The the source material for Jackie Brown, the book, is called Rum Punch. And the character is Jackie Collins. So he changed yep. it to be Jackie Brown because of Foxy Brown. It's funny because everyone loves Quentin Tarantino. Like, every, like all the critics adore his work. And he's literally just cribbing from these movies that all got shitty reviews. And he knows it, too. Yeah. He's like, critics are fucking... It's because he's a white guy. Everyone thinks of, he's a, everyone thinks of him as an auteur. But he's just making exploitation films. He knows full well what he's doing. Uh Pam Greer's memoir that she wrote is called Foxy, My Life in Three Acts. Yeah, I don't know. Every time I see, like, oh, critically panned, I'm like, but also this is a good movie, and you guys just missed it. Like, you just missed the point. Again, we're living, what, this is nearly, we're coming up on 50 years? Next year will be the 50th anniversary of this movie? Oh, wow. Yes. And uh, obviously we have the benefit of 50 years of analysis and history to show that this is a pretty poignant film and that one, maybe people outside of the the black communities you know white people didn't really understand the situation at the time these movies were coming out in and one thing that makes coffee and foxy brown a lot more unique with the rest of the black exploitation genre is that pushers and pimps are the villains if you think back to dolomite the pimp was the hero yeah well the other than the rival pimp the pimps were at war with each other yeah, but they were both pimps. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, we can talk about Rudy Ray Moore in a second here. <laughs> oh, yes, we can. But uh, well, that, that's on the bonus episode. Um, yeah, no, it, we... But, I mean, it, it's definitely... You know, these things were hurting their communities, and obviously corrupt, rich white guys were perfectly happy to uh, to enable and facilitate these situations, because turns out when you divide a community, it's a lot easier to control. I was having a discussion with some friends of mine this morning about divisiveness and control, and you see it throughout history. 
for for people who don't know, I have a degree in history. Yes. No one listens. No one listens to historians, by the way. We get to sit back and cry while everyone just ignores what we say, and I have to watch as they repeat the same mistakes as all their ancestors did. And you, you don't even have the dignity to the, the the pleasure to say I told you so because they still no. don't listen. <laughs> all right. So I just sit back, watch, and be sad. That's my life. So yes, next our bonus episode this week is Baps. It is. It's an odd pairing, but oddly, both films deal about the stark differences between black people and white people, just in totally different ways and 30 years apart from each other. Funny, because I watched BAPS first, because I watched it. Er- I watched both these movies yesterday, and I watched it earlier in the day because the kids were around, and BAPS is a less potentially uh, scary, uh, intense movie if I'm watching on my phone and one of, the, one of my, my daughter or my nephews oh. or niece walk by <laughs> and so i waited until they were swimming in the pool and i watched fox and so i watched baps first and i'm like how are these going to like connect and i watch them like you know what there's some overlapping themes here yeah baps is safe though it's the- baps is a much safer film the only thing objectionable in baps is the language it's a language r rating it's pretty soft r well there's some things in there that are uh i i i get angry about but it's not like a moral thing right i mean I, like i said it's it's most like as far as rating goes like if a kid walked by you know they're not gonna be like oh okay why is halle berry's butt so big i don't know no <laughs> yeah. but yeah that's our bonus episode is gonna be baps so this was foxy brown hope you enjoyed it make sure to subscribe to us on spotify apple wherever you listen to your podcasts And if you like what we do, make sure to leave a review, let others know, help get the word out. For more episodes, check out our website, exploititpodcast.com, and follow us on Twitter at PodcastExploit, or email us at exploititpodcast at gmail.com. So our bonus episode, if you subscribe for far less than the cost of 9pm taco shop coffee. (laughs) Who knows how much the hell that costs? Probably a lot, especially if this was in like LA or something, it would probably be like Starbucks prices, who knows? For for nine PM taco shop coffee. I mean, it depends on the depends on the taco shop. Yeah, this is hot dog co- taco shop. The hot dog taco shop that should be our new business. Yeah, and um, yeah, ninety nine cents a month gets you our bonus episodes as they air. Otherwise, you have to wait some time, you know, and then get the bonus episodes later. But you can be one of the lucky few with your nine PM taco shop coffee or seasonal nine PM taco shop coffee <laughs> from Hot Dog Coffee Shop coming soon to your neighborhood. One convenient location. (laughs) Across from the in and out. (laughs) That's right. So we will catch you then, everyone. Good night. (laughs) 